0: Try this again esther (laughs) okay take two voices are warmed up appropriately yeah exactly (laughs) we got about only thankfully i've only been recording for two and a half minutes before realizing that i wasn't actually recording anything so here we go (laughs) welcome to the wildly tarot podcast we're back for fall esther is in north america it happened
1: We did North America. I've I've been landed for a whole week and two days.
0: One whole week. Yeah, you're nine days back into your next adventure. (sighs) Oh, with the added pressure of trying to make sure that you're only experiencing forward momentum,
1: not backsliding into your
0: pre-Korea life. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) Well, and also just like. I, I slept for the first time, like, through the night, like, last night. So oh. that's where we're at.
0: <laughs> so- oh, my God. Was it just, like, the delayed stress of moving?
1: I'm not sure. Um, Like, I... I always tended to have, like, insomnia kind of anyway. Well, yeah, so, because all of
0: your friends were awake during the awake time at where 2 a. you were
1: asleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, can I tell you the weirdest part of moving is that everyone is still awake when I'm here. In my brain, everyone is still in nighttime mode. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm alone and abandoned here at, like, 3 p.m. is when yeah. everyone's asleep, dead asleep. And, but, but meanwhile, everyone's like still chatting. I'm so was like, "What are know. you guys? Why are you all up? I know.
0: I was just thinking like <laughs> your experience with group chats is just completely transformed from when you were on yes. the opposite side of the world. You're like, wait a second. People talk all day long. I don't have to right. scroll through oh, 400 messages to right. catch up with
1: the day when I wake up. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you mean that I can't like check out by 3 p.m. Cause everyone, and I don't have to check it until like 9 p.m. Yes. You know, like
0: girl, you are going to get so overstimulated <laughs> by notifications.
1: Oh, Oh, I have already, thankfully, I've already, like, turned notifications off to, like, the Surt. group chats that are, like, the like most active. consistently <laughs> active, just because it has nothing to do with the people inside of, of them. It's just not. because I'm, like, ugh, like, my brain just cannot oh, with notifications I, anyway. I can only
0: imagine. You've had, like, a, like years of just, like, a nice, quiet afternoon where you can really get, sh- get shit done, and yes. now you're just getting bombarded by little bings from all over the yes. place. Yeah,
1: well, everyone's like, oh, I'm off work now. Let me start talking oh, as much as possible. <laughs>
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> and are like, what's going
1: on? Yeah, I think exactly.
0: I, I've told you this already, but I feel like I'm having a really like uh, contemplative time with like being so excited for you to be back, and mm-hmm. also like being very aware that a lot of the reasons that I'm feeling excited about you being back is how much easier it is for you to exist in oh. the United States. And how proud I am for you for putting yourself out into the world in such a, like, Mm -hmm. kind of unknown way with, like, seven, eight years ago, whenever you first moved. When did you first move? Was that eight years ago? It was was eight years ago, yeah. Eight years ago? Like, that was such a cool thing to do. And it's also Uh so cool that now you can go to the grocery store and be bombarded with choices that you can just, like, understand and choose from.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just... Just, like, the mind-blowingness of hummus here is, like, $4 at Aldi's, where in Korea I would have to get someone to hand-make the hummus, and it's, like, $11, okay? Like, just the the food aspect was just, like, so comforting. Like, I didn't have to, you know, just even eating, like... Single person meals are so much more easy here than they were in Korea because yeah. a lot of there is like bulk stuff or like you're making like soups and stuff, which is fine. But it's just like, but what if I just want a small little something, something? Right. You what know? if you want to do so. a girl dinner situation? Which also, yeah. by
0: the way, is a meme that came out this summer that I feel like you and I have been talking about for a million years.
1: Yes, I think like <laughs> like the charcuterie board, small snacking stuff, like I've been doing for. Every summer for the past four oh, years, because yeah. I hate cooking in summer. I know. I know. At that
0: point, for sure, right? Like the uh, probably about a month ago here, where I'm just uh-huh. like, it's too hot. Like even though my yeah. house is air conditioned, I do uh-huh. not want to be cooking.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's just t- it's too much nonsense for me to deal with. So. Yeah. <laughs> so how did the move itself go? How did everything feel? Do you have a final tally on how many boxes you ended up having? Um, I ended up with twenty boxes. Okay. And then mom, mom, and my sister brought t- uh, two bigger like suitcases to pack any other incidentals with, and the, all of those suitcases ended up being like twenty five kilograms so that was like 45 oh, pounds, 50 thing pounds. You have to 50 to. oh my gosh welcome no back idea. to the
0: imperial system baby
1: I don't think I'll ever graduate from kilometers or kilograms I think maybe maybe I'll get used to the temperature thing maybe but See, I have no idea I get so. it though
0: because I think kilograms or grams I mean maybe for because I usually use grams for baking but I feel like my right. brain understands grams way more than like tablespoons yes yes absolutely so i get absolutely. it i think using a, a mix of both is helpful except for when you're like not able to tell people what the temperature is
1: because <laughs> exactly you can only think of it's sweater <laughs> <laughs> like, we're gonna go with just like a clothing thermometer from now on just a second the mailman mailman is here and i just gonna start barking okay, when okay, she realizes okay. that he's delivering packages so yeah. i'm preparing you now also, <laughs> i'm gonna meet myself i need you to
0: post this picture somewhere and i don't know where okay Maybe in the in the um in the show notes somewhere but the picture that you sent me of gamja like laying on that little platform staring out the window with her legs out Uh behind her is the (laughs) cutest thing i've ever
1: seen that's a like a little bunk bed area that i'm using for like storage and she loves looking out the window there we go there we go go. that's what
0: (laughs) i love it I also love how it's just going to keep going, and Esther's muted right now, but I know she's going to come back when the dogs stop barking, but they just- He's gone, and they're
1: still going. And they're still going.
0: (laughs) I wonder if being a mailman feels weird for that specific reason. You're just like, I get it, dogs, relax. We're fine. I'm not coming anywhere close to you.
1: Exactly. And I know that they're trying to be, like, protective, because- Wow. Seeing a person now coming in the general area or just, like, a vehicle is very new to them. Well, that's but true. But it's just loud. Because they've always <laughs> been up high, so, basically. Yes. Yes. They've, ne- they've always, like, heard the delivery vehicles or heard people, but they've never, like, seen figures. <laughs> and they're just now getting used to, like, my dad's shape. Because dad will, like, do the garbage in the mornings or he'll just, like, do yard work. And... I'll let them out just so they can, like, go see who it is. They're like, oh, yeah, we know you. Oh, okay, you're, that's you're nice. so sweet. <laughs> yeah. I think the biggest part of the transition for me, because things, of course, feel weird, especially, like, at first. Like, when you're going through those cultural things, you're tr- still trying to, like, keep a hold of your identity, but also trying to exist in a new place especially when it's like an old new place right Totally. and just knowing that the dogs themselves were at peace and happier was really helpful yeah so
0: talk about that for me to be like more. okay i did make the
1: great decision yeah
0: because we talked about that like within the first couple of days of you being back about how your dogs seemed less stressed out and i think oh, yeah. obviously they, they knew were, you were like hacking so they must have been fucking frantic as you were like sending box after box after box of stuff away oh, yeah and they could probably just pick up on how stressed you felt about the whole thing.
1: Mhm. I definitely think so, especially because like towards the end there, like I was having to get like their shot records within 10 days of us leaving, oh, but technically yeah. probably within 7 days of us leaving just in case there's like a flight delay, right? Because the, you don't want those papers to expire oh, like totally. right as if you have a delay. And then there's, like, going to the airport and getting them verified and their shot records verified that they're able to leave, that you're not, like, smuggling out some, you know, animal <laughs> or whatever.
0: Some exotic yeah and... <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. And so like and because I know that like I'm protective of, of my dogs because I know that Doomie is very reactive. Yeah. Kamja doesn't really care. Like she only cares when Doomy cares, right? She's like <laughs> she's like, just being she's like on board to fight when her big brother's right. <laughs> yeah, <fight>. exactly. <laughs> so you know, so I just protective of him because like I don't want people have just always thought really poorly of him to begin with. And as well as like, I don't want to put him in a situation where 100%. he's extra stressed.
0: Yeah, I totally get it. As a as a parent of a reactive dog, I 100% understand because you don't ever want, I mean, obviously you're worried that something's going to happen and something will happen to your dog ultimately because they right. are put in a situation that makes them react in ways that aren't typical for them. Right, right. And then also right. like having both of the dogs ended up having to be in the belly of the plane yeah. Which is so stressful. I mean, yeah, I so, personally was like so sleeping that your flight was well. I was asleep for most of it. And still uh-huh. the minute that it had been 12 hours since you said that you were taking off, I was like, you made it safely, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and that was a thing because like, even though like I could have like Apple air tags on them or whatever, just to even just see stuff like it did. It doesn't work super well in Korea. And then you don't have any Wi-Fi on the plane right. to kind of track to be able to see where yeah. anything was. And, two days before we flew off like I know I I didn't like, even bring it up with you <laughs> but I it was it was just like it's like You're two dogs the- had perished yeah like on a flight And thankfully it was like not, we were a direct flight. So, and there was never anything with this particular airline that I took, but still just the task of like, oh my gosh, I'm going across the, the oceans. The
0: literal entire (laughs) world. Like this is such a huge deal. Yeah. But I do think that having a direct flight from Seoul to Atlanta makes a huge difference because then you at least know like you're not wandering through an unknown city while your dogs are in a crate somewhere that you can't like see them or access them.
1: Right, and by the time we like took off and landed, it was still morning in both on both sides. So like it was not like high temperatures we were dealing with or whatever. Yeah. But it was still just like the there and a myriad of stuff can go wrong. 100%. And without like I was. And, like, on the plane, they have those things where you can, like, look at the like the front of the, co- you know, out the cockpit or, like, oh, below yeah. the plane or whatever. I'm like, can you put one just for me and my dog so I, I can know. make sure they're okay? Or seriously,
0: you're like, I don't even care. I don't need any other entertainment on yeah. this plane other than please just let me be staring at my dogs the whole time. Exactly. They're staring them in their
1: faces the whole time. I'm sure other people would watch that.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Unless they seemed <laughs> frantic, in which case it would be a nightmare. Oh, yeah. But I doubt they did. I'm sure they just both oh, fell yeah. asleep. It's like a cold, dark yeah. spot. Mac would yeah, be yeah, stoked exactly. to be left alone for that much time. Actually no, she'd be <laughs> exactly. fully panicked almost the entire time. But
1: Yeah. Do you the like panic
0: smell? Like my dog always smells a specific way when she's been stressed out. <laughs> I
1: haven't noticed, but now maybe I'll start to try to notice. <laughs> My dog also has developed an anxiety
0: uh, bald spot between her shoulder blades, mm. but we didn't know this when we broke from our last season, but Mac had to have a right. second TPLO surgery on the other leg, and so we've just had a lot going on for Poor that girl. She, she,
1: needs, she needs a rest. She needs to
0: chill. Baby. She's on so many drugs that are supposed to help her chill, oh. but... We have a vet appointment tomorrow. We'll see if it's actually stress-induced alopecia, but it has to be. Okay.
1: <laughs> it has
0: to be. It, it doesn't, absolutely
1: because it—it's not it like doesn't, crusty it or
0: anything. It just is like yeah. baldness, like just a perfect yeah. little bald
1: spot. <laughs> her hair was just like I'm meeting myself out of here because it's too stressful. I know. Well, you know, spot. like
0: when when humans go through surgeries, that can sometimes happen, and when humans uh-huh. get COVID, that can sometimes happen. Yeah. So why not with dogs? Although with yeah. her, it's like such a specific spot that it would be kind of wild.
1: Yeah. But and she, it's also nothing that she can like reach or lick. Right. You know?
0: Exactly. Like it's not like an anxiety thing that she's like mm-hmm. chewing on. She would not be able to get there. Right. It's like in the center of her shoulder blades. So, yeah. yeah who knows? Baby. But anyway, yeah. you and your two dogs and your 20
1: boxes all made
0: it. <laughs> you must feel so 20- good.
1: Yeah, it's finally like I'm finally settling in. Like I said, I slept overnight last night. And I think that was the nice part because I'm not like waking up at like 2 a.m. and undoing a box. Because that's what that was my like, <laughs> that was my routine for the first four or five days. Is like, okay, I'm I'm up. I'm not going to resist or force myself to go back to sleep. Oh my god! I'm just going ob- <laughs> to obey the rhythm of my current body because like I I'm forcing good. it is not going to help. Yeah, you know? that's true. And it was quiet time during the morning that I could like unpack, and I didn't have to like field a lot of like voices. Because my sister in law asked me on Sunday because I was at a birthday party for my niece and nephew, and she was like, "So what's you know how is culture shock going?" I said, "Well, you know, for the most part, it's just been like in group, big groups of people, just people talking a lot." Yeah. Because, like, in Korea, I could kind of, like, drown out Korean stuff because they weren't talking directly to me or wasn't something that I needed to, like, focus on attentive, you know, attentionalize. wise. But here, because it's in my native language, it's like overload, right? Over-stimulation. Like if you're in a
0: crowd, it feels like all of it is stuff that's actually grabbing your attention. You can't exactly. disassociate your way out of it in the same way. <laughs> right, right, exactly.
1: I can't dis. I would love to disassociate myself out of this conversation, but I just can't. Yeah. So, that that part, I'm not sure how to sort of like field that without being like the weirdo aunt that wants to be like the hermit and like. Only only two people talk at a time, please. But I'm ah. sure that I'll get used to it. But <laughs> Yeah,
0: you totally will. And I also think that you, thankfully, you have, like, your own space to the point where you can remove yourself in, in most yeah, situations. Yeah.
1: yeah. And hopefully everyone I, yeah, is, like, exactly.
0: respectful and kind about that.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. So far, everyone has been very, like, respectful in giving me space and, like, not trying to be... Like mom has said, like I'm trying, I'm trying to hold back because I don't want to be too much or too little. Basically, is what you know she communicated. Yeah. So- they're, you know, they'll let me know if something's going on that, that I'm welcome and invited to, but there's like no pressure familially wise to like do stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: just, it, it's from having zero local family to like 100% local family. Oh yeah. That's oh yeah. That's wild. There's
1: like, there's like 19, I have 19 family members. Like there's 19 people in my family now and four of them live in, in like Alabama two, two hours away. Yeah. And so it's like, most of them are here. Local. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> So that that part has been like a str- an odd adjustment because I went to being very alone yeah. in a culture and now I'm in the middle of the thick of it it feels well, like well and before so, you
0: left I mean you're the oldest child like before you mm-hmm, left right. you were like basically running the fucking show in some way mm-hmm, shape mm-hmm. or form <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah and then I come back and I'm not which part of me is like you know like oh you know they don't not that they don't respect me as much but like I don't have the clout i guess is a, the best word to grab onto <laughs> to you know for things but at the same time i'm also like i'm fine not being that person anymore because right. it was too stressful and oldest daughter syndrome i've already raised the children right and exactly. here they are grown up and they're taking and they over, have so. kids
0: exactly and you don't have <laughs> exactly. to be worried about what other people's expectations of your helpfulness or input is in the same way yeah if you're like more removed
1: from it exactly exactly
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why my sister has turned into the oldest child, like, in terms of, like, Uh being there for things. Because I moved away when I was 18, and obviously it wasn't the same. I didn't leave the continent, but I left the state for four years. Yeah, And so Katie, like, stepped into this older daughter role. And so a lot of the times when I get, like, memes and stuff about being the oldest daughter on TikTok or whatever, I'm like, this is way more... Uh katie than me because it's not even like there was any reason for me to remove myself but i just kind of had that personality of like well i'm not going to be here anymore and so but katie doesn't like katie right little cancer spirit wants to be home a lot and so she just sort of like took up the mantle of the oldest daughter and it's really funny that we have this kind of like thing going now but even I'm just thinking like my freshman year of college, yeah. I came home for Thanksgiving with my friend Lauren, who went to high school with me, and then also our friend Fred. And Fred, at one point over Thanksgiving weekend, was like, wow, it's so wild how bossy she is, considering she's the youngest, which, like, <laughs> offended Katie to the uh-huh. very, very core. <laughs> oh, no. But it just shows oh, how no. quickly she was able to sort of, like, pick up the being in charge thing when I left. Like, I, oh, yeah. I had been gone yeah. for, like, three months, and she's, like, the boss of the house. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And I think that's, like, a good thing because, like, it helps spread responsibility and independence and stuff like that, Right, too, and it allows so. for,
0: like, the any resentment to kind of go away. Like, I'm sure that you yeah. had some, I mean, if maybe if not resentment, some, like, feelings of being pretty stifled before you left, and now you get to be back as your new Esther, like, the real Esther. Right.
1: And mm-hmm.
0: that is, like, so different from the previous yeah. Esther.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so not having to step back into that, like oldest daughter role also helps free me to like not like have to like recess into the old Esther if that makes any sense yeah totally well
0: and also you're just such a different person now
1: yeah yeah which i feel like like you
0: probably got the chance to talk about with your mom and sister when they because they were there for like an entire week before you moved
1: yeah, they were, they, they were visiting for an entire week beforehand. And we haven't really talked about, like, they understand, like, because I sent them a letter, I don't remember how many years ago, like, two or three years ago, like, how I've changed and, you know, the book being published. Oh, right, blah, 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 yeah. Stuff. So it must have been 2021. And, right, yeah. And, like, we haven't really spoken about anything, but it's like the don't ask, don't tell. Like, yeah. they're respectful of, like, I understand that there's going to be, like, family prayers before a meal but they don't expect me to pray. You know, you they, there's no like Esther. Right. Exactly. Esther, please pray for us or, you know, whatever <laughs> you could, you know?
0: that would actually be, you know, I was like, I was like, I'd love it. Like, if dear Hecate. To... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I would love it. Oh, if Baba they Yaga.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Baba <laughs> Yaga. <laughs> so, but, but they're also like, they're respectful of my vegetarianism, Yeah. you know, which for being a very like meat forward family, for them to be be considerate and for things like that, there's no like argument with me about it. Girl, even in that's, the past, I mean, just
0: like v- thinking, taking uh stock of who you are as a person now versus who you were eight uh-huh. years ago when you left Tennessee, they must their group chat without you must be fucking lit. Oh yeah, oh I'm sure. <laughs> They're like, and she's a vegetarian. Yeah.
1: She's a vegetarian. <laughs> and she's happened? covered in tattoos and she has a septum yeah. pierced and short hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, mom did mention that dad, dad doesn't really—he didn't really like the septum piercing. Like, cool. and she's like, well, she's her own person. Yeah, exactly. You know, like... <laughs> I don't
0: care. <laughs> yeah exactly and it's a cute it's, it's cute, so right? a cute it suits your face so well and also in pictures with your sisters it's like the primary way that people can tell you apart at this we point tell us apart exactly exactly <laughs> no esther's the one with the <laughs> nose piercing
1: yeah yeah oh no she yeah she's the one with, with the tattoos and nose piercing yeah if you guys so... want to know what esther's
0: sister rachel looks like it's just exactly like esther <laughs> but
1: yeah like just exactly like me but with longer long tattoos hair with yeah. Piercings. exactly yeah very she has much longer hair but, like, the those genes in our family have always rung so strong. I love, I love it. All of the girls in my family, like, we all look alike, which is fine with me. So. Yeah, it's so I'm fun. Like, I mean, as For me, it's, like, who, generational. Yeah. I just... It's, like, that thing where people are, like, when you look
0: at your face, you can see some of the parts of your face that you might not even like are parts of mm-hmm. your ancestors' faces that other people loved. It's, like, so helpful to right. think about that sort of thing. Yeah. Although, yeah. I don't think that I look very much, like any of my family members until we're smiling or talking. Yes. (laughs) And then it starts. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Then, yeah. Then it starts. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Well, that is so, I'm just so happy that everything like went as smoothly as possible. And that like, you know, you get to have a little bit of time while you're figuring out Mm -hmm. what your next steps are that aren't going to be. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're having to immediately start working some wild, like Korea schedule because you decided to keep teaching English in Korea.
1: Yeah, yeah. Although I
0: guess working evenings in Korea would actually work kind of okay in Tennessee. Like, you could do, like, a 7 a.m. to whatever, and it would be their Mm -hmm. evenings. But still, you can here I am granting you permission to
1: not do that no 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 no. uh because like at my at my part-time job like when it's very like transient where you can like basically be anywhere plugged in yeah and my friend when he would visit his home state Massachusetts he would like I think the the shift is basically like 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. and I'm like that's not too bad actually yeah I feel like you can adapt to that yeah and you could like you get your whole day ahead of you so it's definitely like a thought in the back of my mind yeah but like I'm trying to not be so focused or driven by needing a job right. because I've been working since I was like 16, always had something lined up, you know, if I did need a new job and like even though I don't know my next step, I'm trying not to force it and get myself into a situation that I hate.
0: Well, and you're also in the situation where you got like a little bit of money from your Korean pension, right? Or retirement fund or whatever. So it's not like a crisis where you have to choose something desperately immediately. You have like a little bit more time to consider it. And that's like such a beautiful place to be in because it just means that you get to keep figuring out. How you want to spend the next 35 years, not that we dream of labor, but, like, what do you want to be doing rather than, like, you know, having to do something that you've already done and decided wasn't for you or whatever. And if you ultimately do want to teach English to Koreans, that's fantastic, but it doesn't have to be so frantic.
1: Exactly. Like, I'm not pigeonholed into immediately needing to start something because I don't have any month savings or whatever, right. so that that part's nice. But also, just like when you have like the whole world at your feet, you don't know where to start. One hundred percent. So <laughs> that is the been the worst part. It's like people are like, "So what's your next step?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I have too many options." Right. So <laughs> exactly. I need- the universe needs to, like, give me a few hints or clues or choices that I can, like, whittle down, Yeah, you know. And sort we've of talked thing, about this I... on the
0: podcast before because I talk about this with my students all the time. But, like, sometimes a really good strategy for that is to start listing things you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then yeah, after yeah. you've started listing things you don't want to do, it's a little bit easier mm-hmm. to, like, figure out what areas to look in for stuff you do want to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Maybe I need to focus there first because it's just like choosing a restaurant to go eat at. You're like, well, I know what I don't want. Right,
0: and also (laughs) a lot of the times when you're choosing what you don't want to do, it's stuff like, you know, maybe you don't want to be in the classroom ever again. Maybe you've done enough being in the classroom, but you still want to figure out a way to help people. So what kinds of jobs can Mm -hmm. you do with the education you currently have where you would be able to help people but not have to be in the classroom? And then just kind of like go through that thought process. I always find that way more helpful than being like, so frozen when you know that
1: there mm-hmm. are just you know infinite options and you can't decide exactly. what you want to do. Exactly. So well, I want you to tell me about this romance book conference oh, thing yeah. that you went to. Okay. So because was... this was in the midst of me moving, and so I could not I keep know up with we anything. didn't get to
0: talk about it at all. So. I went to Steamy LitCon uh, at the, Ooh. I guess, middle of August. How many weeks ago was that now? Like, three weeks ago, I guess?
1: I think that, like, yeah, three weeks ago, I think. Yeah,
0: so it was the first year of this conference. It was in Anaheim. It's going to be in Anaheim next year and the year after also. Um, and it's Ooh. a conference that's designed to celebrate diversity and romance. So mm-hmm. I think they had a couple of missteps, which have all sort of been addressed by the creators of the conference, um, but... Overall, I would say 100% would go back again. Um, Oh, good. I went with our friend Natalie, who we love so much, Mm -hmm. and then also Jackie and Brie, who we've talked about here, too, and all of us um, met through Heaving Bisms years and years ago. Uh, But Brie also went to college with me, so I'm just, like, Mm -hmm. forever in love with her. But um, So the four of (laughs) us went together, but there were so many people that we sort of tangentially knew, especially Brie, because she's really active in the romance like, online community, she was oh, recognizing right, uh-huh. people left and right, and she was being Aww. recognized, and there were over a thousand people there, but it felt, like, so, I don't know, safe and fun, and uh-huh. even in, you know yeah. how I get so overwhelmed in crowds, and, right, like, that right. just everything feels so, like, I need to escape. Well, they had, uh-huh, like, a right. quiet room that people could go to, but I honestly didn't even get to that point, and I'm realizing that a oh, lot good. of my panic in crowds might even be tone related like the buzzing noise of a bunch of women speaking doesn't freak me out as much as the buzzing noise of a bunch of men speaking
1: okay Okay. because it was kind of the same as when i
0: went to lizzo when i went to go see lizzo with my friend sarah at the beginning of the summer um Mm -hmm. it was a huge crowd and there were tons of men there too but it just felt like the dominant force was so many Uh more (laughs) non-men i'll just say And it just felt, and I'm sure the people who go to Taylor Swift feel the same way or people who, I mean, I, maybe it's not quite the same with, uh, with the Renaissance tour of Beyonce, just because Beyonce has a wider fan base. But even so, I would imagine that it would feel similar there too. Um, Mm -hmm. but between that and the Barbie movie, it's just this like major girl power summer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And Stevie La was so fun. I mean, it was like, there were a lot of people, so it could feel a little bit like oh i'm not gonna have a chance to see everyone that i wanted to do but the focus was both like seminars with panels Uh and then also a lot of signing events
1: okay okay
0: and the signing events i was like i don't i mean i am primarily an e-reader like i do have some physical books but not that many like i probably have Uh like especially with romance i probably have like like 50 total paperback romance novels maybe like 40 yeah. which is just not that many compared to how many I mean I read over 100 each year so it's like right I'm exactly. primarily an e-reader so <laughs> I was kind of just going along with Brie who you know bought books for it and also had this really cute plan of those like library insert cards you know that you mm-hmm. like would stick mm-hmm. on the inside of a library book so that people can sign yeah. them out she had authors sign those um, oh, that's and so, so cute. I, and so Natalie and I were kind of in the same boat where we're like, well, we'll just like kind of follow Brie around like a, like little ducklings and like see yeah, what she uh-huh. does. So we did. And ultimately I ended up meeting a bunch of authors that I actually really, really love. Like one of the first mm-hmm. people that I wanted to personally see, um, which I just like walked up to her table. It was Eva Uh Lee, and it was such a contemporary-focused conference. There were, like, three historical authors there total. Okay. Um, But I really Uh wanted to meet Eva Lee, and I just got to, like, walk up to her table. And I didn't have anything for her to sign even, so I just was basically, like, I just wanted to let you know, like, we've interacted on social media, but I'm just a huge fan, and I'm so glad you're here, and... Blah, 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 blah. And I ultimately did end up buying... I didn't realize that I hadn't gotten the last book of her most recent series, so I did end up buying oh, yeah. that and ending up, I ended up having her sign it. But then I met, oh, like, good. Amelie Howard, who also does historical, but she does a lot of historicals Um, that, like, she did The Beast of Bestwick. Bestwick? Okay, Bestwick? okay, yeah. Which is a major reading rut killer. Like, it is such a good uh-huh. book that it will bring you out of a rut in a heartbeat. So she was really fun because she was giving out ARC's advanced copies of her next book. And so uh since we were, since everyone was so focused on kind of like the big names, like people were very into seeing Sierra Simone and uh, Christina and Lauren of Christina Lauren and... Like, sort of bigger name people, they even like when, if at the very beginning, if you weren't rushing to go get wristbands from the bigger authors, you could kind of Mm -hmm. walk up to whoever you want. So, like, Olivia Dade, who wrote a bunch of books that I love, she was just like setting up at her table when we first got into the smaller room. And Uh I had seen her do a presentation, or like, she was part of a panel earlier that week about neurodiversity and romance that was being hosted by a library. And I just attended because I love Rebecca Witherspoon so much. And she was at the conference. Oh yeah. She was one of the panelists oh. also. So I did not oh, yeah. I mean, I really liked Olivia Dade's books, but I didn't know her, but I just walked like uh-huh. I, we just like walked right up to her table. There was like two people in line uh-huh. ahead of us and she was so cool. She asked to hug us at the end because we had such a fun conversation oh. about the neurodiversity and romance and, Just all of her books that we love so much. And so she was fantastic. And it was just like, it felt, everyone was so excited that it just felt like Mm -hmm. incredible to be there. So I did end yeah. up bringing home probably about 15 books. What's the one that I, oh. <laughs> I know I, I can't be stopped. Uh, the one that the only one that I've gone to so far, because I was also in the middle of a whole bunch of eBooks and I keep getting oh, more right. eBooks that I want to finish. Uh, so, and it, it just, is hard for me to remember that I own paperback copies of stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, but I went to the, uh, an LGBTQ plus um, representation panel that had this author named Corellia Stets Waters, Satisfaction Guaranteed. She Uh was on this panel and she's so cool. And we ended up actually meeting her wife too. And her wife is really cool. And they've been married for 20 years and they're currently writing a book together. That'll be released next year. Uh, But Corellia has a bunch of books. They're all sapphic romances. And um, this one Is the like made me laugh so hard? It came out in 2021, and basically, the niece and the like protege of this sex toy store owner end up jointly Mm -hmm. inheriting the sex toy shop, and they have to figure out a way to save it. It takes place in Portland, and it has like a lot of Oregonian stuff going on. And obviously, it's been years since I've lived in Oregon, but it still just felt so true to my own experience. And it was funny, and it was really like great and it was there were like a lot uh-huh. it was very i don't know why i'm stumbling over my words like we haven't talked about sex scenes on this podcast before but it was really <laughs> steamy the two characters yeah. have incredible chemistry and i just loved it and i never i i probably would have seen her books but i don't know if i would have mm-hmm. bought them because it's the yeah uh it's the cartoon cover and i just feel yeah. like Ugh. i don't always i'm i'm not that drawn to those covers anymore because no. they all kind of look so similar
1: Yes. Like, I I feel like we've had this conversation before. I hate these covers because it's like you don't know exactly what you're getting. If you're getting like a beach read or if you're getting like steamy or whatever. And I'm just like, to me, it's like, why are we shying away from romance that's steamy? To me, this is like, let me me pretend that I'm not super steamy while I'm, you know, no. Like, who gives a fuck? Like, you know, I can get a book cover. Even the title
0: rom-com has become so diluted. Like, my sister-in-law, who has just gotten into romance and I'm so glad about it, posted something Mm -hmm. the other day about her getting really into rom-coms in which both of the characters are dealing with loss, like, dealing with grief.
1: And I was like...
0: I feel like a Mm rom-com is explicitly not about people dealing with grief. Like, maybe that can Mm -hmm. be part of their backstory, but isn't a rom-com supposed to be fun? Like, isn't the primary function of a rom-com that it's really funny and also romantic? So I just think right. like there's a, and that's kind of the problem with the uh, with the animated book covers is that what will mm-hmm. get me is if the colors look great, not if like it just is not right. a very functional use of covers for me. Right. So, right,
1: yeah, I I automatically like turn off. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to even try right. because I don't want to have to emotionally deal with this book and not knowing what I'm right, not page, knowing you know? what <laughs> I'm getting into. But I honestly think <laughs> exactly. that satisfaction
0: guaranteed would make a truly excellent rom-com okay. movie because it's very okay. it, there's a lot of visual components that would be really fun. Uh, Mm -hmm. but anyway, so I met her there and absolutely fell in love with her books. There were just so many amazing authors. And I wish that I could think of an actual list of who I met, but that's the problem with not getting anything signed is that you're just kind of (laughs) in the world. Um, but we met so many people because, because Brie really had like a game plan going into it and it was just so fun. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, Jackie is so sweet because she came up with this list of fun restaurants to go to. Uh, while we were in Anaheim and the first night we went to this incredible Bonnie place where I swear to God I would have gone there every single night but then the mm-hmm. rest of it we were having so much fun with various people that we ended up just eating at the hotel like oh yeah we just kind of were having so much fun and every night there was an activity so the first night there was um, a movie showing it ended up being red right red white and royal blue which I still haven't seen because I didn't end up going to the movie showing but they had uh-huh. uh like cotton candy and popcorn so we got we went and got cotton candy and popcorn and then went out back to the lobby and we're like hanging out and talking to strangers and people that we know from the internet and stuff and then the second night there was what they called the queen's ball and it was a big dance party
1: Ooh.
0: oh that's really cute that was so fun and then one of the creators of the conference as she was like doing the raffle giveaways was like isn't our DJ great? I told them we're not the kind of party where we're going to let a bunch of Taylor Swift shit play the whole night. And Yay! I was like, yeah, it was because it was just, it ended up being so much fun to have to like, they came up with such good party hits and it was, oh, yeah, because, yeah. because the attendance was like, so, so diverse. It was a lot of really cool transitions to like, including like languages other than english and oh, it was that's just, like, so fun it was just so fun and the whole conference felt really youthful and vibrant like mm-hmm. there were a lot of people in their 20s there and everyone oh, was yeah. so so stoked to be there it was just such a blast esther
1: oh that sounds and, like, like so much fun. no
0: one was taking themselves too seriously oh good everyone oh, good. was like no i mean people were trying to like i guess connect with others like some people would give out like a friendship bracelet that had like a little oh, yeah. card with their Instagram handle on it or whatever, but it never uh-huh. felt like people were there for networking. It always networking. felt like people oh, were there nice. for fun. And then networking was like a incident or incidentary. That's not a word, but incidentary. No, that's still not a word.
1: I have no idea because the dogs were <laughs> barking. So
0: <laughs> it, was, it just happened that there was like, you know, coinc, I guess coincidentally would be what I was looking for, but that's not truly it either. Anyway, People ended up making friends, and I ended up following like so many people on Instagram afterwards, but it wasn't because they were like pushing for that. It was always because we were all just having so much fun together. So,
1: oh, I love that. I would
0: say 10 out of 10 10 would go again. Um, Okay, good. You know, first conferences are always going to be a little bit chaotic just because people are doing it for the first time, but I honestly feel like the actual organization went off without a hitch. The criticisms are that they're, yeah,
1: and especially, Oh, go ahead.
0: Oh, go ahead. I was going to say the critiques that <laughs> I've Oh, seen... sorry. Well, nah, I'm not going to go ahead because now it started up again. <laughs> the critiques that I have seen were, have been mostly about the panelists not having enough Black representation. And theoretically, it's a conference about representation in media. So there has been some uh, critique about that. And then also there was a disability and romance yeah. co- uh, session that had an author uh-huh. who's written uh, disability representation in their books but that isn't disabled themselves that oh, was on a panel okay. and a lot of people were like you right. should have been screening for that more carefully like oh yeah yeah so there were like super yeah. valid critiques but I do think that the yeah. organizers were taking those pretty seriously and overall in general it went yeah. on really well I felt like people were having a lot of fun it was so bizarre to feel mm-hmm. like Middle aged lady of the group, like, I definitely, oh, right, there right, was such a young crowd <laughs> that I was like, This, I feel like I didn't feel mm-hmm. old because everyone was so friendly, but I did feel like, Wow, yeah. it's so wild that there are so many young people here,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I'll, I also find that interesting because, like, I definitely have conceptualized romance as like, you know, older women, sort of, you know, books, like, growing up, you know, right. most of the young women that I knew growing up, growing up, did not, I mean, of course, like, you know, when you're, you know. In a Christian group no one reads them but just in general like <laughs> the the projection is that like older women who are divorced or whatever are the ones who read these books Yeah. but I feel like nowadays like it's so nice to kind of see a younger generation
0: right. for me come it in was and more like do I was stuff. surprised that like when I was in my 20s I was a like defensive and voracious romance reader but I also would not have spent $500 to attend a conference about basically anything. But I think that this is maybe an upside of social media being such a big part of like the reader community is that people are making so many relationships with other people in the world based on their special interest that it feels like it makes more sense to justify, you know, of a $500 conference fee or whatever because you know that you're meeting friends there and I just feel like when I was in my 20s I was so defensive to like people yes. in my life about my romance reading but I didn't know that there was like a world of really awesome romance readers because there just wasn't that same level of social media I mean obviously I found out by the oh, time yeah. I was in my late 20s but in my early 20s I just <laughs> would not have felt comfortable with that I don't think that I would have earmarked mm-hmm. that amount of money for a hobby in the same way that right. maybe younger people are more comfortable with doing because they know that this is like a huge part of their life
1: I don't know yeah but yeah. overall I, just, so I think it's interesting I'm glad. And it does absolutely seem like it's a conference that, you know, I don't think any conference the first time you're doing things would be perfect right? or their, even their own standards would be perfection. But this one definitely sounds like it started off very good. And now it's listening to feedback very well, which is what you really want from this sort of thing
0: behind the scenes chaos. Like they had an events planning company that pulled out one week before and oh they had to, like, send out someone's partner in a U-Haul to meet a shipping van somewhere in Arizona because there was this, like, oh, wow. refusal to complete. Like, there was just sort of some chaos, but they rolled with the punches so well that as an attendee, the only way that we really knew is that the swag bags weren't available when we checked in. We had to get them the next day.
1: Oh, okay. Which yeah, but, To thank yeah. us
0: for being so freaking patient, this is the wildest thing. And I'm, I know it was sponsored by Satisfier, the uh, vibrator and sex toy brand. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And sex education brand. But to make up for us for not having our swag bags on the first day, all of us got a free Satisfier product. Every single Ooh, attendee. And that was the that first is
1: so nice. Of,
0: I'm not even joking, Esther, three free sex toys that I got that one weekend. Oh, wow. And I wasn't even like oh, going wow. out to find them, but it was just like, yeah. they, they at the Queens Ball, they had toys from this really small woman-owned company. On the table. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, well, I'll take one of those after asking everyone else on uh-huh. the table and people being like, oh, no, I already have that one, or I'm not interested in uh-huh. that style, or whatever. And yeah. which is a lot of personal information. But when you're at a romance comfort- <laughs> conference, it doesn't feel weird to be like, yeah. oh, I already have enough in that style. No. <laughs> like, like we all are so comfortable right. with it. Right. Um, which was just so cool. And then it was just like, it just, they, there were so many books in the swag bag. There were so many people giving books away. Kathy Yardley, who used to be one of Natalie's clients, is uh, an author who I read a book of her new release like a couple of months ago, um, and it was fantastic. And then she had a ton of books that were being given out by her publisher, so I ended up with a ton of Kathy Yardley books. But I think actually you would like her. Um, most recent book that I read, which was called Role Playing by Kathy Kathy Yardley, uh-huh. it's very funny. It's pretty quick paced, but basically they it's two people who live like in the same town, but they meet through like a online multi role player, or whatever you know the acronym more uh-huh. than I do. And the, yes, she yes, thinks uh-huh. because he's like uh, attending a community college class, she thinks he's like nineteen when they first start feeling oh. really connected online, and and he thinks because. She's the mother of somebody he met at community college, or something. Or no, she's friends with his mother that she's his uh-huh. mother's age so there's this whole thing where they're oh. feeling all connected with each other but they're like oh no like this is just a friendship because he's 19 and, and he's like this is just a friendship because she's probably like 78 and then it turns out that they're oh. both in their 40s <laughs> and it, oh. it's so cute and the hero's really really great and, or the the male main character's really really great the female main character's incredibly relatable and so I was so happy to see Kathy like so present even though she couldn't be there in person because of some family stuff It was like Mm -hmm. her books were all over the place. And that's just kind of how it felt. I got to meet Rebecca Witherspoon. And if you haven't read Rebecca Witherspoon, I mean, obviously we've talked about Zenny and Rafe a thousand times on this podcast because Zenny was like one of my favorite romances ever written. Mm -hmm. Um, But she also has a series about cowboys set in California. And Mm -hmm. they are so so good and obviously rebecca has a really big focus on having really strong black characters so like almost all Mm -hmm. of her i think in the all of the ones from the cowboy books that i've read have been black female main characters and male main characters yeah but that whole series is so much fun and i don't even get i've never really been like a western romance reader but they're contemporary Mm -hmm. and she's just such a strong writer so when i met her i was like girl like this book, those books totally changed my mind about cowboy romances. They were so much oh, fun. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. So they, they look like the the covers themselves look like so much fun. And she, just her passion about like including that as a genre yeah. is just so much fun. She's I just think. so
0: great. So it was so fun. It was just like so, so great to meet everyone. And then ultimately, of the four of us, only Brie got COVID, which was obviously really sad. And we wished that we could have avoided it. But I honestly don't oh, wow. know how. Because none of us got it and Brie and Jackie were sharing uh-huh. a room and I swear to God, I was like at, within four feet of Brie at any given time. I was never far away from right. her. So it's one of those things where I think like, I don't want to say that when you go to something, you have to ex- like accept the possibility that you might get COVID because I truly don't believe that's true. I think that people could do a better mm-hmm. job of like preventative measures, but I kind of think that traveling right. to the thing is the problem rather than the thing being yes. the problem.
1: Mm hmm. Right. I agree. Yeah, I just feel
0: like I mean, I Bree's feeling better now. Thank goodness. But I just feel like good the chances of people getting sick in airports seems higher than mm-hmm. at giant conferences, even if they're in person. I don't know. It's just so weird that yeah. we didn't get it. And I'm so glad, obviously. And the next oh, weekend yeah, yeah, I got yeah. to go up to my parents' house and see my little niece poo who's, like, standing and babbling and is just, like, the cutest human being on the planet. Aww, and that was so really good. fun. So I was so glad that I didn't get sick. But it's just one of those things where, oh, that was the, another critique that I saw on TikTok of people being, like, oh, they didn't require masks and now people are getting COVID. And I'm, like, the conference, had they can't. I mean, they can encourage right. people to wear masks, which they did. And they also had uh-huh. a mechanism for authors at the signings requiring that you wear a mask to speak to them.
1: But oh, right. we were uh-huh. at a
0: big hotel, right, literally right next door to Disneyland. And uh-huh. there were thousands of people there other than conference attendees. Right. So there's right. only so much control that a conference can have over that situation. Mm-hmm. And I did see a lot of people masking. I didn't mask, yeah. which is so unlike me, but I just was like right. feeling too overstimulated and hot to have my mask on. Yeah. But I always had one in my pocket. And yeah. I probably, and when, uh, Bree got sick, I was like, well, fuck. Like I just really screwed myself, mm-hmm. but it didn't end up happening. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't really know with the world being so divided currently, like more than ever before about how seriously to take stuff like that. It's Mm going to be even harder because the disability advocates who are saying you're killing us by not masking have such a good Mm -hmm. point, but also the rest of the people are just so unwilling to listen to it at this point that it's like, what is the conference supposed to do or what is anyone supposed right. to do when they're planning a big event with a lot of people besides be like, you have to be, you have to make the decisions that you're most comfortable with basically. Right.
1: Yeah. Which is hard. And yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's just like airports and airplanes. Yeah. Like I was the only one who was masking, like even my family, my, my mom and sister didn't mask on the airplane. I did because I'm like, I'm sharing this air with people for 14 hours. You such know, a like, long time. This is not <laughs> the best, you know, so, but it's, it's, it, but at the same time, like you can't require that of everybody, like even in an airplane. So why would a conference, you well, know, they and, could and, encourage, they can do as much as possible, but it's, it's, it's just not the, the CDC isn't even right, like exactly. And anymore, ultimately so. the people who get like
0: the most abuse hurled at them when masking is required are underpaid service workers. So if somebody makes a decision that everyone has to be masked, the people who are getting yelled at are not the people who are, like, making the decisions. It's people who have to implement it. And I think that that's also kind of, like, Mm -hmm. goes to some labor relations issues. But service people are tired of being yelled at, and nor should they have to put up with it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, But also, can I just mention the amount of Karens I have personally seen while being here has been, like, Peaked exponentially. Oh, really? I'm like, D- did millennials turn into Karens all of a sudden, or is it just my location? I think it's your location. Because, it doesn't
0: feel like that where I am.
1: <laughs> okay, because I'm just like, I was like Target yesterday morning, picking up some stuff, and the lady like in front. Of, okay, I'm I'm just spilling some tea that is not related to any of your stuff. You're saying <laughs> it's okay. This is a catch up. So
0: episode. I'm in self.
1: I'm in I'm in self checkout. The lady who's like at the self checkout, like right in front of me, she's like bringing up, I guess some like pool floaties. I am I think it's pool floaties. <laughs> and she asked the attendant, she rings up, she's like, ask the attendant, why are, you know, these were 50% off that last week. Why aren't they 50% off this week? And that's the not attendant's like,
0: sales work lady.
1: <laughs> I, I know. I'm like, okay. I'm like, you've never worked in retail to know that things cycle through. First of all, second of all, this attendant has no idea. Right. She doesn't do the, she doesn't do it. And also,
0: she's, and so she's like the self checkout line. She's not yeah. like a manager or something. She's exactly. just some lady. <laughs>
1: exactly and she and the and the attendant ringing up she's like oh well it is 50% off the original price already and she's like well it was lower last week and i was just like uh i was just like well you should have bought it last week then if it was lower last week <laughs> like i don't know what to tell you lady it's a it's a it's a monday yeah you know it's it's like labor day monday yeah. and then the lady was like making like little comments like well i guess they just want more sales you know more money over labor day weekend i'm like no they just ran a new sale well, so ad. You know, that's
0: the problem is that now the I don't get it always turns into a conspiracy. Like, it's not just yeah. like, oh, it was on sale last week and now it's not. It's, oh, it's because Target is so greedy that they want more money on Labor Day. Like, no. Uh, yeah, relax. exactly. <laughs> I'm
1: like I'm like, you have never worked a retail job, apparently, because the sale ads, ch- I mean, or even just looked at the newspaper, right. the newspaper, because so- sale ads chase every exactly. Sunday, pretty much. Like,
0: last week, bananas so- were on sale, and this week... Peaches are on sale. It's a, conspiracy, it a conspiracy. Big banana big, wants more yeah, money. Exactly. Big banana needs <laughs> your money more now? Like, no, yeah. sales just don't always
1: happen. <laughs> yeah exactly i'm just like okay it's, it's only like two more dollars than what she was wanting to spend exactly <laughs> it was like it was like three she was like well it was like 3.99 and now it's 5.99 i'm like well it's not that much more if you really want to just buy it yeah, like what are you going to plan to do with it if you can't swing it then just don't get it like if you can't buy it right. well that's the what sale, they say buy it. A right floaty is exactly. not a critical like item <laughs> I know, because I was like, why are you Why are you bitching to this sales attendant? It's it's like 8.30 in the morning yeah. on Labor Day. Yeah. You are the, like the last person that she needs to talk to about this, about stupid pool floaties. Right. What and are you going to do with them? it goes
0: back to that idea where it's like so hilarious that we celebrate labor rights by making all of mm-hmm. the poorest or all of the least yeah. compensated people still have to work for people who yes. are just like fucking around.
1: Yep. Yeah. So anyway, so I was just like, "What is on earth is going on with like?"
0: Maybe I'm just really. I think she was like a few people. Like I've
1: come to grips that I'm like 37, so I'm like nearing my 40s. Okay, yeah. I'm no longer in my brain. I'm still like 28. Yeah, yeah But same. my body doesn't believe me.
0: <laughs> it's just my face that doesn't buy it. <laughs> uh oh. Are you muted because of dogs? Yeah. Or are we? Sorry, on a I, I'm
1: losing my connection with you. Oh no! I feel like.
0: All right. Well, I actually think we can probably. okay. Maybe this is
1: Mercury Retrograde saying stop
0: complaining about strangers. No, let's just wrap it up. I think Mercury
1: Retrograde is telling us we need to stop this episode. Yeah,
0: this was a great (laughs) catch up episode. First episode of the fall season. And we'll be back next week with talking about which decks I got last week. And then also what's going on for the next season. And then we'll start. Picking up where we left off. And I'm so excited that you're back, Esther. I'm so excited to be recording with you. For anyone who thought that we wouldn't come back when Esther moved. I know we're back. We did it. (laughs) And we're so happy to be back. You can follow us at wildly tarot podcast on Instagram or at Esther celestial Esther or Holly enchanted. If you want to follow each of us individually, we have a Facebook group. That's really, really great. Um, and a discord, you'll find all of this information in the show notes, don't forget to buy our book if you haven't already. It's the history of tarot art. And it's just our names as the authors. Uh, and yeah, everything's great. We're back. And I guess yes. have a nice <laughs> week. We love you. And go forth and tarot wildly. <laughs>